Hello and welcome all, this is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, YouTube, and soon to be iTunes. You can currently find more info about Clutch Crew Sports at my Facebook page, Clutch Crew Sports. What's up, everybody? This is Zach back in here with another edition of sports of Clutch Crew Sports. And today we're going to be talking about how game four went between the Raptors and the Warriors. The Raptors won the game 105 to 92, as well as debuting a couple new traditions, so to say, on this channel. So Connor, as he mentioned in his debut episode, is more of a well-rounded sports fan so he tends to follow a lot more sports than eric and i do loosely so he's going to give his thoughts on a couple of topics that in sports that we haven't paid it paid much attention to and in much respect to but he'll do that eric is going to continue on his uh ranting (laughs) with a rant at the end of the episode so stay tuned for that it's going to be fun to listen to him rant about the Warriors uh, fans leaving the game. But uh, this game was interesting because I didn't, this is the first game in the, in the series that I personally did not watch live. I only watched the first quarter. So I'm mainly going to be basing my analysis off the stat line and a couple things I saw on the internet, but Connor was the one out of this group that watched the game from start to finish. So he's going to give an analysis of how game four went. So take it away, man. Yeah. So very shocking. I think in my mind, not so much the fact that the Raptors won the game. Cause I think we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast when we were talking about our predictions that we, even though Zach and I both picked the Warriors, we weren't going to be surprised if Toronto won just because of how they had played in game three. Um, but I was pretty shocked with the way the dominance the Raptors showed because the Warriors came out in the first quarter. They were on fire. I mean, Clay did not look like he was injured at all. He looked to be at 100%. He was knocking down shots. And like Steph got off to a pretty slow start, but he almost didn't need it. Clay was knocking down shots. They were getting the ball inside to Draymond really well. Um, I think most of Draymond's points actually came in the first half. You see he only had 10 on the game, but I think about six of those probably came in the first half. Unfortunately for the Warriors in that first half, and mainly the first quarter, even though they came out really fast, they didn't really get any production from anybody else. Kevon Looney, we actually, this was probably the biggest shock before the game because going into this game, they had mentioned that Kevon Looney was going to miss the rest of the series. His injury was too serious and he wasn't going to play at all. But I, when I was watching the preview, apparently what happened was he begged the Warriors to give him a second opinion on his injury and he went to some doctor and apparently the doctor cleared him. So he, you saw, you see on the stat line, he played significant minutes. He played 20 minutes in this game, uh, more than Cousins or Bogut. And he actually played an okay game for someone coming back. I mean, 10 points, 5 for 8 from the field. Um, so not bad, but I think the Warriors, 
like I said, for as dominant as they were in the first quarter, they couldn't really get any production out of anybody except for Clay. And that was going to be a precursor into how the rest of the game went for them. You see on the stat line, Steph Curry, even though he had 27 points, only two for nine from three-point range. That is very, very unlike Steph Curry. You don't see that very often. And we'll talk about this later, but on the DraftKings, I think all three of us had him as our captain on our DraftKings team. And it was a shock to me when I was like, come on, Steph, you know, make some shots. I need these points, but <laughs> come on, he, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but he just could not hit anything. Um, but on the Raptors side, I mean, nothing too much to talk about except for Kawhi Leonard. I mean, what is what else is there to say about this guy? Thirty-six points. He carried the team. Siakam had a pretty decent game as well. The first decent game he's had probably since the first game. But it was all Kawhi Leonard. He was knocking down every shot he was making five for nine from three-point range you don't see that very often from Kawhi Leonard because you could see that the Raptors needed help um, when you look at the rest of their players Kyle Lowry three for 12 from the field well Zach will get into that a little bit later I've got something Um, for for him (laughs) but and Danny Green after being six for ten from three-point range, I don't, I don't think Danny Green hit a three-pointer until the fourth quarter when I was watching the game. He was just, he could not, he was getting the same open looks too, and he just couldn't knock them down for some reason. And outside of Kawhi, <clears throat> we have to look at Serge Ibaka, completely out of left field, 20 points from Serge Ibaka. He was, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a better game from Serge Ibaka since he's been out since he left OKC. I mean, nine for 12 from the field. He was hitting, he was even hitting deep, deep twos. Normally you think of Serge Ibaka, you know, layups and mid range jumpers, but he was hitting deep two pointers and he even hit a three pointer. I was laughing so much when I saw that. I was like, wow, Serge Ibaka hitting a three pointer. And, and so, and the, the Raptors really needed that because Kawhi carried the team, but he can't, completely carry them we saw that with Steph in the last game for the Warriors one player can't completely carry a team so when you get someone coming off the bench putting it 22 minutes from Serge Ibaka putting in points like that they go well for you and probably the biggest shock of the game though was the third quarter you see on the screen the Raptors outscored the Warriors 37 to 21 in the third quarter which does not ever happened to the Golden State Warriors. We talked about how in Game 2, they went on that 18-0 run to start the third quarter, and the Warriors, they are a third-quarter team. And the Raptors just completely shut that whole thing down, and Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka took over the game. And it's a big part of why the Raptors won the game, and they didn't really have to do as much in the fourth quarter. They didn't have to... They still kept their foot on the gas, as you see. They did outscore the Warriors in the fourth quarter, but they didn't have to you know, try and claw from behind or they weren't having to make the shots that they were missing. They were okay with Danny Green and Kyle Lowry not having the games that they wanted to have. But that's pretty much the game. Big, big game for the Raptors. Um, Very shocking in a lot of respects, not shocking in other respects. But I'm going to turn it over to Eric now and his thoughts on the game. (laughs) Yeah, so as Zach mentioned earlier, Connor was the only one that watched the game. I had to work, so I was unable to. 
I did see the highlights, though, and my main takeaway from the game, what I predicted in the previous video or in the previous podcast was that the Warriors were going to get off to a hot start. I figured they're down to one. They've got Clay Thompson back. They're kind of desperate. They're going to get off to a hot start, which they did. I remember when I was watching the highlights, they had a 13-point lead at one point in the first quarter. So the thing that was going to determine the outcome of the game was going to be whether Toronto could weather that early storm and fight back, or were they going to let the Warriors just take, take them over? And obviously, as you can see with what happened, Toronto fought back, weathered the storm, cut it to within four by halftime. And then as Connor said, I'm shocked at how well the Raptors did in the third quarter compared to the Warriors. The Warriors had already not really necessarily been having as great of third quarters as they normally do, other than that 18-0 run in game two. But they've... I have not seen them get owned this badly in the third quarter of a game in a really long time. Mm -hmm. That really shocked me that they were outscored by 16 points in the third quarter. And one thing that I remember Zach had mentioned a lot when we were first previewing this series with Toronto, the thing that just makes them so good is they can have a player or two that has an off night but most of the time when that happens, other players step up. And you never know who it's going to be. But you know, in this game, as you can see, Kyle Lowry and Danny Green, between the two of them, were one for 11 from three-point range. That's terrible. And you know, their whole field goals combined, they were four for uh, 20. That's also really terrible. I mean, if, you, if I didn't see the score of the game, and you came up to me and said, well, Kyle Lowry and Danny Green combined shot four for 20. I'm thinking, well, the Raptors probably lost. But Kawhi came up big as he usually does. Um, Sergi Baca was beasting it out there. And those guys stepped up. But then there, you know, there's been other games in the series where Kawhi was just kind of average. Sergi Baca didn't have a huge impact. But you know, in game one, it was Siakam that had the big game. You know, and then in uh, the game, in game, uh, I don't know why I'm losing my train of thought here. Oh, in game three, Mark Gasol had a pretty good game, and Van Vliet came off the bench and had a big game. So Danny it, Green too. Dan, yeah, mm-hmm. Danny Green was hot in game three. So even when one or two of the Raptors players struggles, usually the other ones are able to step up. That's just how good and how complete of a team the Raptors have. So it's really fascinating to watch a team like this play. So those were my two main takeaways. And I was, I was happy that I went with my gut and predicted the Raptors to win because I know Connor and Zach, while they did get it wrong, it was not a shocked. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a crazy thing to, pick the Warriors to win. I mean, they were probably the favorites to win the game. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't like Zach and Connor made bad picks by it wasn't like the Warriors. Anything, you know, like, yeah, it's not like we were yeah. saying the Warriors were going to win by like double digits or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
it was perfectly natural to pick the Warriors to win the game, and I almost did too. It was just some weird feeling that came over me when we were recording that video that made me kind of change my mind and go with the Raptors. Yeah, little do you guys I, know, I, Eric has obviously, a crystal ball that he's been looking into <laughs> yeah. as to why he's been picking the Raptors the whole time. Four for four. <laughs> or, don't well, give it don't don't give it away. Well, I I, I got I got it, it wrong two, in game two, yeah. but I. I mean, it's crazy because if it weren't for a bad third quarter in game two, the series is probably over. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's just crazy how this has gone. I would not have expected this. And and I did have the Warriors in six when the series first started. So, it's, you know, it's not like I'm this crazy genius that predicted this from the beginning. But Toronto has made me a believer. So I was thoroughly impressed when I saw how dominant they were in the second half and that they won again by double digits even with clay thompson coming back i even though i did pick the raptors to win i definitely did not see them winning by 13 points and holding the warriors under 100 that was just crazy you don't you don't see the warriors go under 100 very often so um those were my takeaways from the game and zach i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to add on to this yeah sure so you guys covered a lot of great points about the players in the game. Uh, the only player that I'll really mention is uh, Kyle Lowry, just because yeah, that's, boy. Be- that's becoming sort of like a <laughs> meme, I guess, on this uh, on this channel. So uh, if, you're, uh, if you're new to watching this channel, Kyle Lowry is Zach's favorite player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Kyle Lowry, he... Like, I, I didn't watch this game, so I can't comment on his fouls, but he did have four fouls, and if there are anything like the fouls that he's had in prior games, they were probably senseless and <laughs> not... I He does do a great job of drawing charges, but he has so many times where, where he fouls, and it it can become a problem because you start fouling unnecessarily let's say after a golden state rebound you try and get aggressive and and cause a foul well now golden state could be in the bonus and then golden state has pretty good free throw shooters on their team that's probably two points in the span of a couple seconds and then when you have when you have plays like something onto your thing about that with who they were fouling it wasn't always Kyle Lowry, but I think Danny Green was doing this too, but they were fouling Steph Curry, and they were making unnecessary fouls on Steph Curry, which is the guy you don't foul. I yeah, I see. Confirm yeah. what you were thinking about with the personal fouls. Mm-hmm. Curry had eight free throws. He went seven of eight. I'm surprised he didn't go eight for eight, but seven of eight is still a good percentage. But, you know, you're just going to, every time Steph Curry shoots a free throw, you got to assume it's going to, it's going to go in. So if you foul him, you got to assume you're, you just gave the other team two points. And in a game, I guess this game, it was close at halftime. And then the third quarter, Toronto went on a, a run in that third quarter. But if you're, if you have like a 10, 12 point lead, the last thing you want to be doing is giving a team two points like that on free throws. That only takes a couple seconds. You know, even if, even if Golden State's got to work the ball around and use up the shot clock, at least they're using up the shot clock, you know. But when you just foul right away like that, it gives, it allows teams the chance to come back. And I feel like that part of Kyle Lowry's game is a is a pretty big negative for Toronto. But he played 37 minutes, and then 
shooting wise, he's so inconsistent with his shooting. He had a great game three, and I gave him credit for that. But in this game, he went 0 for 4 from the three point line, 3 for 12. He had seven assists, but two turnovers. So he ended up only having 10 points. And if he was the only one playing on Toronto, or if, if the score was only counted when he was on the court, they would have only won by five points. So it would have been a lot closer. Like he, his compared to Kawhi, Kawhi's plus minus was 13, which was the score of the game. So that just, I, well, he obviously he played 41 out of the 42 possible minutes. That makes sense. But, but Kyle Lowry only having a plus five on his plus minus is disappointing to say that Danny Green had plus 13. I don't know how that, but <laughs> yeah, he only played 30 minutes. That's a little bit, you know, it's, it can be a little bit different when you play less minutes, but for him playing 37 minutes and only having a plus five is pretty bad. But another thing that I wanted to talk about that we haven't really dove into much about in this series. And I think now we can really comment on it, on it because four games have been played, but I want to give a lot of credit to the Raptors head coach, Nick nurse, because the way that he's been able to coach this team defense and hold in this game, golden state to under a hundred and Golden State really in all four of the games hasn't hasn't had a huge offensive outpour like they've been used to having in, in the finals against the Cavs. And I, I'm giving Nick Nurse a lot of credit for that because of the way that their team guards Draymond Green. If you've noticed, Draymond Green, while in this game, he only attempted one three-point shot and he missed it. He's shooting a terrible three-point percentage believe like only 18% in the finals or something like something around that. So the Raptors are daring Draymond Green to shoot three and they're okay. If, if Draymond Green shoots threes and that's why Golden State wins, I think they can live with it. They can't, they don't want Steph Curry to be shooting open threes. Is that allows someone like I or Siakam, who normally would be guarding uh, Draymond Green, to be able to have an extra man to cover either Steph or Clay? I think with Durant being, if Durant was in this lineup, it would obviously cause a lot more problems because it's another shooter on the court. But when you've only got to worry about Steph and Clay, Iggy's not shooting great. Iggy had a 0 for 3 from three point range, so he's kind of in a similar situation as Draymond Green, but Draymond Green plays more minutes. He's supposed to be better than what he, than what he's been. And that's, that's, so the coaching to me is sort of like an underrated thing that you don't really think about because it's a player's game and you see Kawhi scoring 36 points, but the defensive, uh, the defensive, coaching by Nick Nurse I think has been huge in this series and I wanted to give him credit for that because and another thing about the Draymond Green situation is he had five turnovers and I believe that led the game for turnovers. Yeah, nobody on the Raptors had more than two and DeMarcus Cousins had four which he's he also hasn't been playing well in this series other than that game two win 
but Draymond Green had five turnovers and he's ha- I don't know the numbers on the other games but I do know he's had a lot of them and it's because of the defense he's been frustrated I believe in this game Connor said that he picked up a technical foul which yeah he was yelling at the refs mm-hmm. and I'm surprised not... he only just now got a technical foul with what I've seen in the series from him I, yeah with all the outbursts he's had I don't know how he hasn't gotten more than that yeah usually Usually he just gets them for being Draymond. You know, like, he's got that reputation where if the refs see it, hear anything from him, or if he does something like a normal player might get away with it not being a tech, but since it's him, they call techs on him, and for whatever reason, he still picks them up. I think he said in an interview once that he he actually sometimes will draw techs to, like, try and fire up his team. He'll, like, intentionally get a technical to like try and fire up the crowd or some or something like just to like give them some more energy or what it's kind of a weird thing to think about but sure intentionally <laughs> get it to technical. let's give the yeah. other team free points great strategy <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know how that's, been, how that's been working for him throughout the season but it's definitely because uh, if you think about it, other than him i guess thompson's been trash talking a little bit but and Boogie probably, but Boogie really hasn't played most of the season anyways. He's only played in a handful of games. And Curry's not really known as a trash talker. So this team doesn't have like like those kind of personnel. I guess Kevin Durant, but he's not been a part of the series. But uh, So I, I mainly just wanted to focus on the coaching job by Nick Nurse and giving him credit for this. But... After that, so I'm going to give my predictions now for Game 5. And I'm going to predict the Raptors will win Game 5. Just because, like, obviously they have all the momentum from winning two in a row at Oracle. And like Eric told, like Eric has said before, Toronto's just looked like the better team in all these games. It's not like they've squeaked by with these victories and it's like, Oh, it could have gone either way. They've really taken control and been commanding in this series. So playing on their home court, this is their first opportunity. This is their first finals, but this is their first chance to win a finals. They're going to, the average tickets for this game is costing $6,000, which is a NBA record which is crazy, but it's going to be in, it's going to be a madhouse in there. They've got a kind of rowdy arena in there, so they. I, I'm predicting Toronto wins, and honestly, I think they'll win big, especially if Durant doesn't play. I think if Durant, the slim chance that Durant comes back, which if I were Durant, I don't think I'd come back because. If there is a chance of them winning the series, they're going to need him for the other games. So you might as well just rest up and be fully ready for those. Uh, but I don't expect Durant back. I think if Durant plays, it'll be closer. But I'm still predicting a Toronto win with or without Durant. I just think it'd be more interesting with Durant playing. Otherwise, I think it's going to be, unfortunately, a blowout sort of game. But... That's my predictions on on the game. And then since I am predicting that Toronto wins the game, I I will predict Kawhi Leonard wins finals MVP. But 
I bet everybody's going to have that. So that's not really a bold prediction or anything. Just because Toronto's had a different supporting cast show up in each of their games. Siakam in game one. Like Connor said, Gasol and Lowry in game three. Danny Green as well. And then Ibaka was big in this game. So Kawhi's been the one guy that's been consistent. He's probably averaging their best numbers in all the categories and such. So I've got Kawhi winning finals MVP and I've got Toronto winning their first championship. Yeah. Um, so if we go on, I'm with you. I'm with Zach on this is that Toronto should win game five. I would be pretty shocked if they didn't. This is probably the first time making a prediction since I've only made two so far on this podcast, but this is probably my first prediction where I would be shocked if the other team won the game. I'm fully expecting Toronto to win. I'm with Zach. I think they're going to win by double digits. They just have too much momentum, and they're going back to the arena. Kawhi Leonard's on fire, and I just don't see them losing. And with Durant, brings up an interesting thing about Durant is the fact that I think – it's probably his best move to sit out because if he sits out, I think he wants that because it can give him more leverage when it comes time to talk about his contract or talk about which team he's going to go to next year. So for him on the outside looking in, if the Raptors win game five and Durant isn't there, then he can say, when he comes time to the contract, oh, well, the Warriors needed me, you know, and it can give him give him more reason for the Warriors to give him more money. Like, y'all couldn't win the finals without me. That's how important I am. Give me well, more money. I, I don't think the money's going to be an issue, Connor, because no matter what team, if he stays, if he goes, he's getting the maximum contract that the NBA can give out to players. Right. So I don't think it's so much the money. I think it's more about, and I actually think this would, if I think if he doesn't play and Toronto wins, that it actually will give him more incentive to stay in Golden State because he'll be viewed more in those past two championships that they won against the Cavs. He, even though he won finals MVP in both of those, it's going to give him more credibility and more of the credit because of how they played now in this series without him. Well, I, I do agree that if they lose, it gives him a bit more incentive to stay. But like I said, I think it's going to, because the Warriors, obviously, they can't offer him as much money as other places are going to, though, because they have to pay Steph Curry, they have to pay Draymond Green, they have to pay all these superstars on their team. He can easily make more money if he goes somewhere else. Well, I that, think if they, I think if they lose... It's going to give, like I say, it'll give him incentive to stay with the Warriors and it'll give the Warriors an incentive to want to keep him. Mm -hmm. And it's going to give them more of an incentive to try and offer, give him stuff to stay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Raptor. Even with, if Durant plays, like we said, we don't expect him to play. He's officially listed as questionable. But even if he does play, I do still think the Raptors are going to win, just like what Zach said. I'm completely agreeing with him on the predictions here. Raptors by double digits without Durant. With Durant, I do think the Raptors still win, probably by around six or seven points still. I, I just don't think see there's mm -hmm. any stopping them. They've just 
been on this role, and I don't see Kawhi Leonard stopping. Obviously, like you said, Kawhi Leonard should win the Finals MVP if they win tomorrow night. I mean, if we were talking about the Warriors we'd winning the series, we'd have a bit of a different discussion yeah. on <laughs> MVP. Because with them, it's, you know, well, would it be Steph? Would it be Clay? We don't know. But with Toronto, it's pretty clear-cut that Kawhi Leonard should be the Finals MVP. I mean, he's carried them through mm-hmm. a couple of these games. You know, games one and three, they both had they had help from the supporting cast, but really just games two and four, Kawhi Leonard was the team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my thoughts on it. And I'll let Eric give his prediction on the game. Yeah. So in terms of the Kevin Durant contract and stuff, I think that'll be a great topic for, you know, the NBA offseason videos mm-hmm. because there's going to be in addition to him, uh, there's a lot of other big name players that might be making moves. So for the listeners out there, definitely be staying tuned because there will be more podcasts to come regarding NBA free agency and NBA draft and things like that. But that'll be for another time. But for the predictions, I don't have much else to add on. I mean, I'm going exactly the same. I've predicted Toronto in every game and I'm sticking, (laughs) but I will say this is the first time out of all the times I've picked Toronto where I've truly felt for sure that they will win. The other Mm -hmm. times I've predicted them, but it's been more of this gut feeling. Well, I'm torn, but my gut says the Raptors, so I'm going to pick the Raptors. This time my gut, brain, heart, everything says Raptors. So I I just don't see the Warriors winning this. That arena is going to be crazy. The fans are going to be going nuts. You know the players really want to win this for the whole country of Canada. It's, I don't know, man. I think the Raptors are going to get off to a hot start. The Warriors might try to fight back and keep it close for a while, but then I see the Raptors running away with it eventually. And I don't think Kevin Durant plays. I think this whole thing about him possibly returning has been a lie. I don't, I think they've known the whole time he wasn't going to be able to play and, I think this is just a last second desperation to maybe try to throw the Raptors off with their game planning, but it's, it's not going to work. So, cause I mean, if you think about it, I don't want to talk too much about this cause we've got other topics to discuss, but I mean, they've been, you know, quote unquote hopeful that he would be able to return <laughs> oh, since about the game, since about the game three mark of the Portland series. And I don't remember, I mean, that was a good while ago. And so for him to be for him to be hopeful to return to that point, but not able to. And then now here we are, you know, a couple of weeks later and we're still hopeful that he's going to be able to return. It's just just, he just had his first practice uh, out of all this time. He I think yesterday was or today is the first time that he's even practiced. So, (laughs) yeah, I just I don't. I don't. And apparently, there, yeah, I, I did see that. And the report that I saw, though, still looked like he was not in game shape and didn't really look ready to play in a game. I I think the Warriors have been lying about this. Maybe I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist with that. No, one, no, I agree. It's just, it's yeah. just felt, that, that whole thing has just felt off to me from the get-go. But, yeah, I, but anyway, to wrap that part up, I'm going Raptors, and I agree Kawhi should be the MVP for sure. 
And that's a good headline. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> Kevin Durant practiced, but maybe not that much, and nobody knows what the hell is going on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, so that's, that, that sums it up perfectly. That's pretty much my <laughs> that's pretty much my summary of Kevin Durant's availability. So. I guess I have nothing else to add, so I'll let Zach uh, transition us into the next topic. Yeah, so we've had our fourth DraftKings game matchups, and uh, this is the first time that I got first place. So I've won every... We've all gotten one first place. Yes, and that's pretty cool. It shows how good we are, guys. (laughs) Yeah, don't even bother looking at me right now. This um, this was the uh, it, this is the same format I should say as all of our other matchups. So it's a ten person and top five win, and I could be wrong, but I feel like in this game, the, a lot of a lot of uh, times the scoring has been higher. As this game, I only scored two hundred twenty eight point two five points, which in general the the range from first to, to last is smaller than the range has been in the past. So, and second, obviously there was a tie for second with Eric who got second with a, somebody else. And I mean, I was the difference between fifth and first was only 12 points. So it was a lot closer of a contest from top to bottom standing, but just to recap how my lineup went, Kawhi Leonard I had as my captain. I Connor mentioned at the beginning he thought that everybody or he thought all of us had Steph as captain, but probably the reason why I got first is because I didn't, because I had Kawhi who had hundred and two fantasy points. That was huge for me. I still had Steph on my team, who's probably the second biggest scorer other than maybe Clay, uh, with forty two and a half. And then I had Ibaka, who we said was that surprise player for the Raptors, started by 40% of the people. So that was, you know, that's a minority of people that had him. And he definitely outperformed his contract. Van Vliet, he didn't show up big in the box score. I noticed on ESPN, but 22 points was all right by him. You know, I guess I haven't lost with, well, I haven't lost in general, but Van Vliet's been kind of the guy that I've had in almost every uh, every lineup. So, and then Gasol had twenty four and a half. Bogut, who was my cheapest guy, only had seven, but it wasn't really necessary because I picked the rest of the. You know, having Kawhi as captain was was probably the reason why I got first place. So, I'll let Eric talk about his lineup and how he did. Now, yeah, the main reason why I didn't get first place was because of not having Kawhi as my captain and and I had Steph in there instead. So that cost me several points and I only lost by six. So I was pretty happy that despite not having Kawhi as my captain and I had a guy that scored zero points. So the second week in a row, yeah, two games in a (laughs) row, I've had a guy that scored zero. Um, but even despite not having Kawhi as captain and having a guy with zero, I still came in second place. I was pretty happy with that. Since Steph was my captain, he finished with 63 points. Clay Thompson came up pretty big for me, and Serge Ibaka, they both had 
30 and 37. And for both of those, only 30 and 40% of the users had them. So that was what separated me from a lot of these other people that finished below me. Because as Zach said, it was pretty close. So definitely picking the right players really made a difference with how close this game was. And Jarepko getting zero for me, I don't even think he played in the game. If I remember re- seeing the stat line correctly, I don't even think he played. Uh, let's see. I'll let Zach pull it up. I don't remember yeah. if he did or not. Um, did he? Oh, you're on the... Did not yeah, play. Did not play. Did not play. Yeah. Yeah, he did not play. Which That's I was surprised because he came in. He came, came in the. Uh, he's usually. Oh, that makes sense. Played. Oh he's, yeah, he's, he's still played. He's still played even when Looney's been in there, but it, yeah, Looney playing threw me off because, as Connor reported, it was initially said that he was out for the series, so I did not think he was going to be playing. So that threw me off. Mm-hmm. But I while I won't do my future lineup just yet i did i do have drip go again but there's a minor reason for that but obviously i'll take the second place i was hoping i would be able to beat zach and get first again but i came in second one money and i finished in the money three out of the four times we've done this which is better than i thought i would do so i'm not uh, i'm not complaining about that so uh, Connor, I know you had an unfortunate experience with your team, but I'll let you uh, explain what happened with your guys. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was um, not very good for me. Steph Curry, obviously being captain, 63 points is not terrible. I mean, it's better than what Siakam did that week that I got first place. But... As you can see, Draymond Green, I mean, he got 44 points. Still not great, though. Kyle Lowry obviously had his off game with 28. Iguodala with 21 and a half. And Danny Green, major disappointment. He, after going 6 for 10 from 3 last game, we mentioned, you know, he was only 1 for 7 this game from 3. So 13 points from him was not good. And Quinn Cook only with 1.25. I wasn't expecting a whole lot out of him but I didn't anticipate how well Clay was going to play so with Clay playing as well as he did Cook didn't get the minutes that I thought he was going to get and so that was bad and also an interesting note before I think I mentioned this on the podcast last time how I wanted to try and get Steph Draymond and Kawhi and try and make it work And it's unfortunate that I didn't actually work harder to get Kawhi in my lineup because that probably would have saved me from an embarrassing last place. And right before the game, I also tried to get Clay into my lineup, but I I didn't see a way to make it work. So, yeah, very unfortunate for me. Pretty embarrassing, but I'm hoping to make it up this next time. I did say going into this week that I was not confident in my lineup. So I'm going to use that as a minor excuse, but <laughs> yeah, not I, under- really I understand that man for as, I mean, I finished 20 over 20 points behind ninth place. So very, very, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, the thing is, man, I mean, 
obviously it sucks to get last, but the thing is, is that obviously when it comes to this DraftKings type of stuff, one, you know, nobody is ever going to finish in the money every time they do something like this. You know, you're go- everybody's going to have a bad... Agree. Every, well, <laughs> yeah, Zach, your run's coming to an end eventually. No, <laughs> but, you know, everybody has bad, you know, bad games at some point. And then, too, like you said, with with some of the decisions you made in your lineup, I mean, Clay Thompson, we didn't really know for sure how healthy he really was. So it was understandable that you picked Quinn Cook thinking that he was going to get more minutes than he did. And Kyle Lowry and Danny Green had just had better games just two days before that. So it was expected that they were going to be better. So you couldn't predict that they were just going to fall off a map. I mean, I guess Kyle Lowry's back on the milk carton again, you know, for the missing (laughs) persons, but um, you know, it's, so it's not, obviously it wasn't a good result this time, but it wasn't like going into it any of the decisions were like, Oh, why did you pick that person? Or why would you want to pick that guy? It wasn't like like that one guy. We haven't mentioned this before, but there was a guy uh, a couple games ago who we was in one of our lineups who put Kyle Lowry as his captain and all of us, he got, he got last place and all of us were thinking, why would you do that? Yeah. And another one person had Danny green as their captain. So that was another (laughs) head. That was another head scratching. Yeah. But you know, going into it, I you know I did not think your lineup was going to have that result. I I figured you were going to be up there, you know, in the money or at least at least close to the money. If you didn't get in the money, I would not have expected the result that you had. Yeah, so you well, you never know, man. One thing that's funny, actually, with as good of a first quarter as the Warriors had at the start of the game, I think this was about halfway through the first quarter. I was actually in first, and Zach yep. was in last. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Complete reversal of fortune because that's when Toronto took over the game and kind of shot me in the foot there. Yep. And oh yeah, that's true. One thing I want to say before we go look at next week or next game's lineup it is before I made my lineup for this game here, I originally had Steph Curry as my captain, and this is what wanted me to what got me first place for sure. Because I had Steph as captain, and I had Kawhi on my team, and I was a hundred dollars away from getting Ibaka, and I I just had a feeling about Ibaka having a good game. I didn't think he'd have as good of a game as he did, but I was like, I really want to get Ibaka. So that's when I did. I had like a double positive. Like I switched Kawhi and Steph. That was a positive, and then I got Ibaka instead of somebody like Quinn Cook or someone priced around a little bit lower living standard yeah. somebody like that yeah so it, so that was a huge change of uh change of my point balance right there that was that was massive and it was all because of that hundred dollar difference if it so i yeah, i would I'm have not sure Baca, but yeah yeah um, i'm not sure how many, how many people actually put Kawhi as their captain for this game either so i know obviously a lot of people had him in 90 i was the only person who didn't have him but i don't think a lot of people actually had him as captain yeah, wait, someone did now. you just see one of them? Somebody had Kevin Looney as captain. Yeah, someone had Kevin Looney as their captain. What? <laughs> see, speaking of head scratching moves, somebody like, had Boogie as their captain. And Demarcus <laughs> Cousins was a captain on one of the lineups. Like those are those are head scratching moves right there. I those don't but, make any sense. 
somehow, <laughs> I mean, he did get sixth place, like, and he was only uh, the guy who started Looney. Uh, so he was he was kind of close, but yeah, that's had he I actually mean, made a better. Even if he had put Steph as his captain, he probably would I guess been in the well money. see see Connor. This is he got yeah he he had Steph Draymond and Kawhi the the most the three most expensive players. So that's why he had to he had to do that. But yeah. getting that point and a half that one and a half boost on scoring, it, you got to have a star player in there. It, it doesn't you, you, necessarily have to be the the most expensive guy. But it's got to be one of the top three or four. If, you've got to get somebody. Mm-hmm. You've got to get somebody that's going to play over forty minutes to right. really make that worth it. You can't have someone that's only going to play twenty minutes of the game as your captain. Yeah, right. That's just not right. good. And, yeah. and if, 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 it's, if it's not Kawhi or Steph, it has to be like Draymond or Siakam or somebody like that. Right. And, for and sure, Looney had a good game for the minutes he played, but yeah, the only twenty minutes. Yeah, that was not, but. That was not wise for him to, to have that in there. Because look at the difference. I mean, you yeah. had, real quick, before you go on, because he had Kevin Looney, Kevon Looney, even yeah. with the one-and-a-half multiplier, he only got right under 28 points. And didn't Kawhi have, like, 100 points? Yeah, so that's, yeah, a, that's a you know 75-point difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worth paying uh, that extra couple, you know, the extra half, one and a half times salary, you know, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll go on and we'll continue the tradition of the order saying our next lineup's order. So I'll show you my lineup here. So this is the first game where I don't have either a Kawhi or Steph as my captain. I've got Clay as my captain because I feel like he's been the most consistent guy on Golden State. And obviously now that the goal that I believe Toronto will be the betting favorite and we've all picked Toronto to win. So uh, the DraftKings is going to uh, make the Warriors players cheaper. So I'm going with Kawhi's or not Kawhi, uh, Clay Thompson as captain because I Connor asked who he thinks would win the MVP if Golden State was in the position and. To me, Golden State's MVP in this finals has been Clay, even though he missed that game. Steph, I know, had that big uh, 40-something pointer in Game 3, but they lost in that game. And I don't really give a player as much credit if they lose the game and they had a big statistical night. So I in in that in Game 4, he shot 2 of 9 from 3-pointers, I believe... Clay was like six of ten. Let me double check this. Yeah, he was yeah, six of Steph ten. Was so that, pretty awful. That's a huge yeah, percentage. And, yeah, and to branch off of that too, I would say Clay Thompson was as good of a shooter as he was in Game Two was the reason why they even won that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I to, to I add think, on to your point there. Yeah, yeah. He's been the most consistent, and even though he was injured in that Game Three, they they lost that Game Three. Yeah, I think mostly because he the lack of of his absence. So Clay's my Warriors MVP, but so I've got him as my captain, uh, and it allowed me to have uh, a few higher rated players on my team than if I had Kawhi or Steph. But I've got Kawhi. Obviously, he's gonna have a great game playing at home and trying to get this closeout game. You know, he's gonna. 
you know that he's going to be taking up a lot of shots. He's going to play almost, he's going to play, he played 41 minutes last game. Whatever sort of injury or whatever he had, I don't know if it's affecting him because he's putting up great fantasy points. And I've got another Raptor here, Pascal Siakam. He's, he's consistently been okay. You know, like, he he had that bad game too, but games three and four showed that he can probably get you forty fantasy points. So I guess his fantasy points per game is thirty three point seven here, but I'm expecting him to get closer to forty. And he he fit the rest of my lineups and everything. So Looney I've got because I think he was he I think he was a bright spot for Golden State in that game. Just because of his stats, I mean, he only played 20 minutes but scored 10 points. I think they're going to be more reliant on him than Boogie just because I think they play a little bit better with Looney because he's not a, he, he's not afraid to set screens and he's willing to do a lot of the dirty work and he ends up getting rewarded on screens and stuff, so... I've got Looney in. He's a little bit ex- more expensive than I would like, but I think he's going to have a pretty big game. And then to round out my team, I've got Serge Ibaka and Danny Green. And as far as Ibaka is, he's been playing great, and they're going to surely reward him with minutes in this next game. He's been playing better than Gasol in a bunch of these games. So I've got Ibaka and the price was pretty good for him, I feel like. And then Danny Green, an even cheaper player than Abaka, but and I know he's so hard or cold, but I have gotten it right on him. The two games where he had great games, I've had him in my lineup. So I, I feel like it's every other game with Danny Green. <laughs> um, but it's a closeout game for him. I expect him to do well. So that's my lineup. I've got, once again, Clay is captain, Kawhi, Siakam, Looney, Ibaka and Danny Green as my starters. So I'll pull up Eric's now. All right, guys. My lineup is a little bit different than Zach's. We do have a couple similar players. I also have Kawhi Leonard, but I picked Kawhi as my captain. Obviously, he had a monster game the last game and I regretted not having him as my captain in that one. I feel like with them being back at home and a chance to close out the series that I feel like he's gone. He's going to be the best player in this game again, just like he was in the last one. So even though he cost 18,000 to be my captain, I feel like he was the best choice. I did still also put Steph Curry in my team. I feel like he's going to have a good game as well. I feel like, with the Warriors being desperate that he's going to be jacking up a lot of shots. And I know he was only two for nine from three in the last game, but I feel like he's going to be better to complete the rest of my lineup. I also have Clay Thompson like Zach does. I just don't have him as my captain. And I picked him for a similar reason as to why I picked Steph. I feel like he's going to be, you know, shooting a lot of three pointers also. And I'm sure between the two of them that a good amount of them will be falling. So I am relying on them to get me a lot of points. And also, like Zach, I picked Serge Ibaka. 
I like to call him Sergi Blocka for all the block <laughs> shots that he gets. <laughs> uh, some of my friends can tell you I've been calling him that since he was on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Dude, dude's been beasting it lately, and I'm confident with him in my lineup. Then I also picked Jarepko again, even though he didn't even play in the last game. I'm basically picking him. He's just kind of like what they'll call in DFS where you punt a position where you basically pick a really, really cheap player knowing you're not going to get a lot of points so that you can have more salary to use on the more expensive and more, you know, more than likely more productive players. So I finished in the money the last two contests, even though in both lineups I had a guy that didn't get any points. And if this game does end up, <laughs> if this impressive. game does, if this game does end up being a blowout like we had, think that it could possibly be, he might even mm-hmm. get some garbage time off the bench and come in and get a couple quick points and rebounds or something and give me something. Oh, but okay. ob- obviously, I have low expectations mm-hmm. for Jarepko. And to complete my lineup, this one was probably my most torn decision on. But I went with DeMarcus Cousins. His salary plummeted after his bad performances in the last two games. And sometimes with these predictions, Zach's talked about how DFS can be like the stock market where you want to buy low and sell high. And his salary is just so low right now. And I think he's still starting. Even if he doesn't start, he'll at least see a decent amount of minutes. So I feel like he may have a game similar to game two where his salary had plummeted again, but then he came in and scored about 30 points or something like that. And I don't expect him to get 30 fantasy points necessarily, but I felt like with me already having Kawhi and Curry and Clay Thompson in there, my salary was really limited after picking those three expensive players. So I felt like out of, the cheaper players that I had available to choose from, I felt like DeMarcus Cousins was the best out of the cheap options for me to go with. So that's why I ended up picking him. And before I transition over to Connor, I'm going to give a shout out to my friend Robert Peoples, who is going to be joining us in our DraftKings tournament this time. So in the next podcast where we do the follow-up, we'll compare his lineup as well. We can let you guys know how he did, uh, how he did as well. I know he has three similar players as me, so his lineup's a little similar to mine, but also different at the same time. So we'll let you guys know how Robert does in the next video. And so with that, I will let Connor take it away. All right, so my team this time around is um, pretty similar to Zach's. Uh, Yeah, there it is right there. Mm -hmm. My team is very similar to Zach's. I think I've only got two players that are different from him. But I've decided to go back to my winning formula. I was talking with these guys before the podcast that probably the biggest curse that got put on me was going away from Van Vliet and going away from Ibaka, <laughs> who I had had the past two times, and they both got me into the money. So 
But I'm going with Siakam as captain. I wanted to put Siakam at captain. I think he's going to have a good game, mainly because while I do still think that Kawhi is going to have a good game, I think, especially after his performance in the last game, the Warriors are really going to try and start focusing on him more, which even if you double-team him, he's such a good player that he's still hard to stop. But I wanted to go with Siakam, save a little bit of money. I think he'll have a good game. And obviously, like I said, I still have Kawhi in my lineup. He He's Kawhi Leonard, so I'm expecting good things out of him. I also went with Clay Thompson, so all three of us have Kawhi and all three of us have Clay Thompson. I mean, I guess I, I am with Zach, too, that Clay has been the MVP for the Warriors throughout this playoffs. Steph had a really good game three, but outside of that, Steph has kind of been absent. I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting that they were talking about, is this Steph's time to get his first finals MVP? And he's really, to me, he's been absent besides outside of game three. Mm-hmm. But so I went with Clay. I'm expecting good things out of him. Went back to Ibaka. Ibaka has been playing out of his mind the past couple of games, especially last night or not last night, a couple nights ago. It was pretty crazy to see with him. Van Vliet, the poor guy, got some stitches and he lost a tooth, but I'm still expecting him to put on a good game and. Zach mentioned this in the previous podcast that Van Vliet, while he may not always put up the offensive numbers, he gets the minutes because Mm -hmm. Toronto wants to keep him out there to guard. He's been between him, Lowry and Danny Green. He's been the best player at guarding Steph Curry this whole time. Mm -hmm. So that's going to transition again. He probably won't. He's not going to be a starter, which because Lowry is going to get the start at point guard. But Van Vliet is sure to see significant minutes. And to round out my lineup, I went with Sean Livingston. I'm not sure how he's going to play. He he usually gets an okay amount. He, I don't think he's going to be one of those players that's going to get zero points. I mean, his salary is 3000 so he should get at least something. Mm-hmm. And I needed someone to kind of round out my lineup. I can't remember. There was someone who was just a little bit more expensive than him that I was going to try and get, but I couldn't, and I didn't want to break up my other five guys, so I decided to go with Sean Livingston to round out the lineup and hopefully get myself back into the money this time because (laughs) I would really like to avoid another last-place finish. But I I think this will get me back into the money. I don't know if it'll be first, but I am very confident it should get me back into the money this time. Yeah, and this one's also going to be a little bit different to the viewers and listeners because late or the one the past four have been fifty fifties out of with ten players. So the way that works is fifty percent of the people win, but you don't win exactly fifty percent. You don't exactly double up your um, your entry fee. So the DraftKings takes a portion of your entry fee out. So that's why you, with a $3 lineup, you'd only win 540. And with the new one that we're doing for this game, I believe there's 23 people in it and only the top 10 win, but it's a true double up. So with $3 entry, you would win $6. So there's going to be less winners, but the winners will win a greater percentage than they have been. So it's going to make it a little bit tougher for all of us to win, but hopefully we do, and hopefully Robert also wins. 
Uh, I know he commented on a YouTube video recently, so we are appreciative of him reaching out to us through that, and hopefully he's enjoying Clutch Crew Sports and all of us. Um, so we now you guys are too. Yeah. Uh, so now we're gonna focus into a new part of the show where Connor, the sports general guy, is gonna give a couple quick headlines about this other part of the sports world that we haven't been talking about. So I'll let <laughs> yeah, you start. Talk, <laughs> yeah. Talking about some different sports for the first time here on Clutch Crew Sports. Just a few current events headlines that are going on. Obviously, we haven't talked about this at all. I think I might have mentioned it maybe once or twice, but for, oh, I see the scores up there already. But yeah. the biggest, <laughs> there's a big thing going on right now called the Stanley Cup playoffs. Unfortunately for me, I have not mentioned this before on the podcast, but I'm from North Carolina, so I am a Charlotte Hornets fan, and I am a big Carolina Hurricanes fan since I'm a big hockey fan. And unfortunately for me, we're playing really well in the playoffs and got swept by the Boston Bruins in the conference finals, so that wasn't good. But we're on to game six of the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. The St. Louis Blues are up three games to two right now. Game six tonight is in St. Louis, so the Blues are obviously hoping for a big win. The Blues have never won a Stanley Cup before, which is very surprising to me, considering that outside of the original six teams, the Blues have probably been around the longest, along with probably the Islanders and maybe another team. But the Blues, the point is, the Blues have been around forever, and they've never won a Stanley Cup. So I'd be really happy for them, and even for the city of St. Louis, to get a Stanley Cup title. Um, you can see right now for all the viewers on YouTube, at this point, the game has started and we're at the end of the first period. The Bruins are up one to nothing, but Blues could easily come back from that, especially with the home crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I do want to mention about the Blues and their home crowd is the, I think it was game three when they were on, they were just coming off a three to two overtime win over the Bruins in game two. And they came back to their home ice in game three and just got absolutely embarrassed. They got beat seven to two and nobody wants that to happen to them on their home ice. And even though they won game four, I think they really want to try and make up for it tonight in game six. So Mm -hmm. that's the Stanley cup moving on to real quick, uh, real quick, Connor, before you move on to the next sport thing, I do want to, uh, to give a shout out to my friend TJ who is a pretty diehard blues fan. Uh, he's he's in Illinois, but it's close to the Illinois-Missouri border, so he's closer to St. Louis than Chicago. And he's been a Loyal's blue. He's been a loyal blues fan for not jumping on that Blackhawks bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he he's not jumping on any bandwagons. He's also a uh, a Chargers fan for the NFL, but that's a different story for another day. But I do want to shout him out, and hopefully his team wins this game. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah I guess I mean, something I'd be, I'll I'd... add real quick before Connor moves on too. It would be really interesting if the Blues win this game, and if the Raptors win tomorrow, that'll be two different teams in the major sports that are winning their first championship. That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so moving on. Actually, I want to go to the other one first, since this is a bit of a bigger story. But just real briefly, we know the French Open's going on right now, and Rafael Nadal 
I mean, what else is there to say about the man when he's playing on clay? His 12th French Open title. I don't think any, I can't remember how long ago it was that he surpassed Borg and Borg for the most French Open title wins, but he's long past that now. And it's pretty incredible to see a guy who's entering into, about to be entering into his mid 30s, and he's still dominating on the clay like he has been right now. Uh, unfortunately, None of the American women were able to make it to the finals on the women's side. Serena Williams got knocked out pretty early, but really happy for Rafael Nadal to see that he can still do it on the clay and get it done. Yep. So just want to talk about that briefly. Now moving on to if we have any auto racing fans out there. I do follow NASCAR and Formula One to some extent, but big story in Formula One this week. The Canadian Grand Prix happened today, and another win, another, another weekend, another win for Mercedes, Lewis Hamilton, the man who's been out front in Formula One for the past couple of years, is winning again. But it wasn't without controversy. So going into this season, so the big two teams in Formula One, for those of you who don't know, are Mercedes and Ferrari. Ferrari, they've been around forever. I think they've got the most Formula One championships of anybody. Mercedes has just recently started having dominance in the sport, and they're the two big two right now. Mercedes has won the past, uh, since 2013, Mercedes has won every single Formula One title. Ferrari hasn't won a title since, I think it was 2007 with Kimi Raikkonen. But anyway, so going into this season, Ferrari... before the season they have testing that they do on the engines and Ferrari was the fastest in all the testing Ferrari finally thought that this was their year to that they were going to finally catch up to Mercedes and they were going to be able to compete really and truly for the championship and interesting thing to note about this season is Ferrari has not won a race yet despite all the talk at the start of the season and all the hype Ferrari has yet to win a race and so finally weekend sebastian vettel who is the number one driver for ferrari actually crossed the finish line first at the canadian grand prix but unfortunately for him he was penalized for it was a bit questionable i have only i think the clip is actually below yeah uh, on this clip on this page if where you can see right here i think where sebastian vettel going into that turn actually went off the track and he came back up onto the track in front of Hamilton, and it caused Hamilton to have to slow down. You can see right here he's going into the grass. <laughs> and the stewards, who are the basically the officials in Formula One, deemed that it was worthy of a five-second penalty, which for a lot of people you would think that could be a fairly extreme penalty. So like, I, I don't follow Formula One close enough to really have an opinion on this but i just think it's very it's just mounting frustration for ferrari i mean you can see the headline vettel saying the stewards stole the race from ferrari they haven't won a race yet and this was their time to finally win a race and to have it taken away like that i can't even imagine what it feels like for for the team and even for vettel who you know vettel he's he's no uh rookie driver i don't know what i'm supposed to trying to say here but Vettel's a four-time Formula One champion, so he's certainly a top-tier driver. And to be having the season that he's having, 
I, I can't imagine how he feels, and especially now that he's had this win taken away from him. But that is going to wrap up current events in sports today, and I'll let Zach transition into the next section. Yeah, so that was uh, some good analysis by Connor there because I really don't know anything about uh, Formula One racing. I never really have followed NASCAR or Formula One, so I learned something new there, and I can re- I I can't really relate to having a stolen race, you know, sort of this, you know, headline here. But, you know, in the if I was like to be gambling on this and I had put money on Vettel, <laughs> I would be I would be very angry. So uh, especially, Derby yeah, just like that, just like the Kentucky Derby, all those people that bet on the favorite. I forget the horse's name, but the uh, the one of the underdog horses, uh, they reviewed it and there was some sort of penalty from the horse and it caused the the judges actually determined that the horse that didn't cross the finish line first was going to win. And that horse was a huge underdog and people were they furious. Money. Yeah. They disqualified the winner. So uh, from a gambling perspective, it's, you know, it's very touchy when they always say unofficial, you know, so that's something that normally you see someone like cross the finish line first or something. And, you just assume that they win and everything, but it does say unofficial on the TV or wherever you're watching it from. But moving on to the next uh, little segment of the show, Eric had a little bit of a rant in the last episode, and he's got another rant today, so I'll let him talk about that. I do, I do. Real quickly before I go into the rant, um, I'll mention too that I actually somewhat follow nascar and every now and then i do DraftKings lineups on that so i might actually for future podcasts just go over how lineups i did in nascar go or something like that but to get to the rant so today i know it was mentioned earlier in the podcast but today i am ranting on the fans of the golden state warriors that left the game for game early I don't understand why as a fan, when you pay all this money, especially for the NBA Finals, I know Zach had mentioned that the tickets for the Raptors game were averaging 6000 I'm not sure how much it was for the Warriors uh, home game in Game 4, but I'm sure it was something similar to that. So you're going to spend all this money, and not only that, too, this very well could have been the last game that ever gets played in Oracle Arena. And when I was watching the highlights, I could tell within the last few minutes of the game that a lot of fans were getting up and leaving. Now, I know this clip that Zach's putting up on the screen, this was at the 128 mark left in the fourth. I mean, at that point, the game is most likely over. But wouldn't you still want to stick around just in case if by some miracle, say like on the Warriors possession, they go down and hit a three. And then on the next possession, they steal the inbound pass and get another three. Then the game's within six points and you still have a chance. Why, why would you get up and leave the game early? It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And I saw fans leaving even before this point in the game, probably around maybe the three or four minute mark. I just don't understand that. I have never been to a sporting game 
where I left early by my own choice. Like I even, I think I told Zach about this. I don't know if Connor knows about this, but I live in Texas now. And as a Jaguars fan, I went to the game against the Cowboys where the Cowboys were the home team this past football season. The final score was 40 to seven. My team lost. <laughs> Unfortunately. Was, the Jaguars were not the team with 40. Okay. I was in a hostile environment. Well, I mean, the fans were nice to me for the most part. It wasn't like the crowd was hostile to me, but I was in an away environment on my team that was playing an away game was at the game where my team lost by 33 points. And the game was really even over by halftime, but mm-hmm. I still stayed until the clock hit zero. I did not care. And I was with my fiance and her dad and her dad was like, you know, look, man, if you want to leave early, I understand. And I said, no, I'm not leaving. I don't care. (laughs) Like we paid to get in here. It was not cheap. I'm still supporting my team. I'm going to be here till the end of this game. I don't care. So, and that was just a regular season game. You know, this wasn't the Super Bowl or, you know, like a playoff game or something. This this was just a regular season game, and I still stayed to the end. And just the fact that these fans left with three to four minutes left in the game, when the Warriors still even had a remote chance to win the game, it wasn't even like they were like with my Jaguars game against the Cowboys. It's not like they were down by 30 or 40 points here. I mean, I know at one point with a few minutes left in the game, I believe it was still single digits. It was like eight or nine, I think. That's not an unreasonable amount of time for a team to come back, especially a team like the Warriors, who are known to go on runs pretty much any time they want. So I don't know. That just really upset me watching that. I As soon as I saw it when I was watching the highlights, I messaged Zach. I said, hey, man. I need to do another rant in the next podcast. <laughs> do you think we can make room for it? And he said, well, obviously. <laughs> so this, this, may be, this, may well, be, this may become a tradition now where I rant at the end or at least at some point during all of the podcasts that, I, that Zach features me on. Because, but this particular instance just was really triggering for me as a fan who hates leaving games early. So that's all, that's all I had to say about that. Yeah, and to kind of play off how you were talking about that the Warriors still had a remote chance. I mean, if I want, if you want to provide an example, you can go back. This was, I don't remember what year it was. It was like 2005, 2004, 2005. I can't remember. But it was the game where the Rockets were playing against the Spurs. Uh, I'm sure some NBA fans will know where I'm going with this. And the, it was a Rockets home game. And I think the Rockets were down by like 13, 13, 11 or 13. I can't remember what it was exactly. And there really wasn't that much time left. And all the Rockets fans were getting up and leaving the game because they didn't want to see the Spurs just keep pouring it on. And Tracy McGrady basically over the last minute ended up going off for like 13 points and he was just hitting every three pointer. And there were some pretty crazy moments that were going on in that game. And the Rockets against all odds managed to come back and win that game. And there were all those fans that had left the game. And I can just imagine 
like, wow, you just missed probably one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the NBA because you wanted to, you were so disappointed and crying and upset that you got up and left the game. So I'm with Eric on that one too about it's just crazy. I, I like that post right there that we're scrolling past. This is bandwagon yeah, yeah, Warriors fans leaving Oracle early because I mean, how can you say that's not the sign of a bandwagon fan? If you're a true fan, like Eric just provided an example, you stay until the end. If you're a team that, oh, I'm just going here because I kind of like them and the team, so I'm supporting them, you're going to get up and leave because you're not a real fan. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with what Eric's saying. And it wasn't an unsurmountable deficit if anybody out there knows what i'm talking about with the spurs and rockets game yeah, yeah and speaking and, of van oh sorry go ahead zach oh yeah i was i was gonna bring kind of like a personal story uh yeah that you mentioned it, eric yeah so uh i wasn't uh present at the game but my dad was at the game between the jaguars and chargers from two seasons ago and eric probably remembers this game and the Chargers were winning the game probably by two possessions left. Or, or I can't remember the exact details, but they had a pretty, like a two possession lead. And I want to say the two minute warning had passed and the Chargers had the ball. And my dad, who was at the game in Jacksonville, it was a home game for the Jags. And he, he actually left the game early, like, I guess a lot of fans were leaving because they thought that that they the Jags were going to lose, but he left the game early. And then he, as he was getting out of the stadium, I think they scored or the Jags scored and he was leaving. And then they, they forced it into overtime a few minutes later and he tried getting back into the game, but obviously the security wouldn't let the people back in the game. Exit, so to, no, no re-entry. Yeah, <laughs> no re-entry. Yeah, so they put that to, sign there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to listen to game. He had to listen to the game with his buddies on like a radio or something just outside the stadium. And I, if I was with him at that at that game, I can guarantee you that we would not have left. I, I would have made him stay till the very end. Uh, or at least until you, you can leave. Like, yeah, just don't take th- the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Go sit in the I'll, car. I'll be there in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know, like at least until the point where like, you know, the team's just kneeling the ball down, you know, then we, that's obviously okay. But, um, right. but when there's still a chance there's, you know, you got to respect the fact that there's a chance, even as, even if ESPN.com puts it at like a 99.9% win probability, you know, like, you want to you want to stay through the end and I was disappointed in my dad and I was saying I was kind of making fun of him for that like wow we, why aren't you in the stadium and he's like oh I, I left because I thought <laughs> I, I, he thought that they were uh, and it wasn't looking good you know it's not like uh, it's not like it was a close it was you know the Jags had a chance to win it or whatever when he left but uh that's just my personal story kind of recently, like two years ago that I have about leaving. It's the a good thing. Like, it's a good thing. You didn't tell me that before I was in Jack's recently, I would have been like, really uncle Steve <laughs> 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 next time I see him. But yeah, yeah and the, the only other thing I was going to add, I just, I remember there was a heat game when LeBron was with them. I want to say it was in the finals or in the playoffs at some point, And just, 
it was a similar thing. The Heat were losing really big, and all these people that you know were bandwagon Heat fans just up and left, and the Heat ended up winning the game. And I remember they were showing footage of people outside the arena trying to get back in, and they're like, let us in! And they're all, like, waving their <laughs> arms and, like, threatening the security guards, but they wouldn't let them in. It's like, well, you shouldn't have left. <laughs> yeah, bad Hard decision on your part. Yeah, so yeah. that 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 concludes my rant, and I just I had to get that off my chest. That was just really frustrating to watch, and I'm glad – from what Zach scrolled through on that website there, that there were oh, other people that agreed, yeah, other people yeah. that agreed with me. <laughs> so I'm not the minority here. <laughs> All right, guys. So I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Obviously Eric and I weren't as prepared as we have been in the other games for this, but obviously different circumstances for us. We couldn't Thank- be watching the game live. Thankfully, Thankfully Connor was here. here. Yeah, yes. It's Connor, Connor saved the day. Yeah. So thank you to everybody to that listened to this. Uh, the same policy sort of deal is like we have. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, drop a comment uh, in wherever you listen to. And just some quick channel updates and news. We now have a Twitter page that's run by Eric. I believe Eric is. If you just type in Clutch Crew Sports on Twitter, yeah, you can you can find it. the The at name is Clutch Crew Sport. It just doesn't have the S on the end. It was uh, too many characters, but yeah, uh, the at is Clutch Crew Sport. So if you search that, you'll find it. Yep, here it is. Uh, Eric Conger, his name here. So yeah, I'll change the name from my name, but. Yeah, you got that uh, cool yeah. banner there, you know, on the screen. It's, it's cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and there's, I've, we've I've got a Clutch Crew it. Sports logo coming soon that will replace that half yeah, football, tuned, half guys. basketball. So <laughs> Stay tuned for the new logo update. That'll probably, we'll probably update that before the next episode comes out. So that'll be, that'll be fun. And then I have also set up an Instagram page to get news and updates alerts etc for the podcast and similarly you can just type in clutch uh clutch crew sports and you should find it there and it'll have the new logo as well and we'll be posting video updates and news all sorts of different stuff on on those channels as well as our facebook page which connor was is now an admin to it. Eric, for some reason, his Facebook, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook hates me yeah, for some Facebook reason. <laughs> reason. <laughs> so Eric can't be an admin, but if you want to reach out specifically to Eric, obviously you can message him on Twitter since he's running that. We, and, all, we all have our own Facebook pages too. So. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got our personal Facebook pages and you can leave a comment. I know my friend, uh, Ricky, he left a comment to Eric sharing the pain of being a Thunder fan since he's a 76ers fan. But on <laughs> uh, yeah, on YouTube, that was on YouTube. Uh, but and another bit of channel update news is that we now are on iTunes. So to anybody with an iPhone, you can find us. I don't personally have any Apple devices, so I don't know the procedure to get into them. But I'm assuming it's under like. Just on the home screen. Yeah. There's okay. a yeah, there's a podcast app, so you just open that and 
you can search for it, download it, listen to it in the car on your drive or listen to it while you're playing video games or whatever, just have it right next to you. So it's pretty, pretty convenient way to be able to listen. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that we got that one down because that was the really the last source uh, or last streaming service that that I wanted to to get it published to. If if anybody's got an obscure or relatively unknown podcasting service that they frequently use, if you just message us, it'll probably take a day to upload it to it manually. I believe that hosting site has finished all of its automatic subscriptions so we'll have to manually add it to that site but other than that now it's on i believe nine services so you'll hear an intro um you know you that lists out every different website and everything but most people tend to do youtube anchor and uh itunes and spotify are the big ones but all right all right yeah, so this was uh, this is another fun episode, and I'm looking forward to seeing how all of our DraftKings lineups go in Game 5, as well as the game itself. I hope to be able to watch that one, and hopefully we all win our DraftKings lineup, including Robert. Hopefully he has a good experience on DraftKings. I don't know if he's new to it or not, but... Hopefully he's played he... football before. I don't. I don't know if this is his first. This might be his first basketball. But I've played football with him before, so okay. I'll have. To, I'll have to ask him about that. But right, we'll definitely yeah. share his results in the next video. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that'll be it, guys. Stay tuned for the next episode, and see y'all later. See you guys. Peace.